Hello. Oh, that's on. Good morning. Uh, so glad you guys are here. Our virtual ladies are here this morning. Uh, we're going to start with some door prizes. Emmy, Danielle, Teresa. We're going to get going on some door prizes. Am I still yelling? Is this on? It is on. Okay. Our prizes this morning are gift cards. So I'm just going to, I have, okay, wait. My first giveaway, does anyone know when Hallmark releases their newest 45 new Christmas movies? Raise your hand if you have the correct answer. Anna? Okay, but there are 45 new ones. Yes, you win. Look at these cute little, little things. Wow, thank you. Okay, we're gonna do some drawings. I'm not gonna look and pick one. Jennifer Roth. <laughs> we're gonna pull her out. Emily Gill, yes. Okay, for, yeah, for everyone who missed bingo last night, Heidi Thurston won the blackout, she won the free retreat. But these ladies up here won every single piece of candy we had. They had all of them. It was. All right, Julie Guzman, has she made it in here yet? Julie Guzman, I'll put her back in. Danielle Brown, where are you? <clears throat> okay, I need your guys' help today. Today's my daughter's fourth birthday. And, and so, Two things about Olive, she's turning four. When she was three yesterday, all last week, she gave me, um, she said I could come treat treat if I gave her a birthday present every day of the week. And so I did. Um, but something to know about Olive is she's so funny. The other day we were driving down the road and Andrew, my husband and I were talking and all of a sudden we hear Olive and she's like, where are my manners? And we're like, Okay, and so she's like, where are my manners? And so I look at her and I'm like, well, did you leave them somewhere? And you guys, she's three. She's like, no, they're in my body. I just can't get them to my mouth. And I'm like, okay. Uh, but here's what I need your help with is I'm gonna videotape you guys all saying happy birthday to her and we're gonna send it to her. So I'm just gonna like whoop and it's just happy birthday, Olive. Okay, I'll tell you when to start. Uh, okay, ready, go. Happy birthday, Olive! Yay! Okay. Why aren't we singing to her? We're also going to do that. Okay. Yeah. No, we'll do that later. I got to make sure that worked. Okay. All right, just a couple things about today. Uh, the zip line, you can sign up before... 10 o'clock, it's $10. The bus is going to leave at 3 o'clock. Um, we have a free time activity today at 2.30. It's in the Pacific building, so the main floor or the second floor where you did uh, check-in. And it's a painting tutorial, uh, like a step-by-step -step painting on a, um, like a winter-themed canvas. So it's $5 to do that, but it's kind of first come, first serve. We have enough for 20 women to do it, and the YouTube video will get started a little bit after 2.30. Uh, and the last thing is lunch is at 12.30. So we'll do our session, we'll do some solitude time, we'll do some small group time, and then we'll meet back up at 12.30 for lunch. Uh, Valanda, you want to come on up? We'll get going. You guys can stand on up, and we'll get ready to worship together. Get my stuff all organized here. 
prayed. Let's pray together first. God, as we start out our time together this morning, first of all, we just honor you for who you are. Thank you for the things that you've already begun to do in us as a result of being here in this place together and having time set aside for you. And so this morning we just enter into saying, we love you, Lord, and we acknowledge that you are a good God who loves us deeply. You're ours and we are yours. So we praise you this morning. for just a second, I invite you to just hold your hands out and just sit in his presence for a second here. God, thank you for your majesty in all the things we see around us here in Cannon Beach, for your majesty in the people you've surrounded us with, your creation. Throughout this whole earth, you've provided us with good things. How majestic is your name in all the earth? We praise you. Amen. You can be seated. Um, we've got just a couple things to share with you as we continue in worship. And um, I'm inviting my friend Rachel up to the, I think this microphone on the end here. <laughs> and we're just going to share with you a few things that have been on our hearts for you. Um, 
and I wanted to start off with um, Psalm 23. As we've been praying for you guys and praying for this retreat, one of the consistent pictures that God's been bringing to us is this picture of a banquet table set for us. Um, and as I was reading in Psalm 23 this morning about the Lord, our shepherd, who gives us all we need, leads us to those restful places beside peaceful streams, guides us along the right paths. And he's preparing a feast for us in the presence of our enemies. And that just struck me in a different way as I was thinking about it for us. Um, there's a lot of things that can feel like enemies to us, and maybe it's just the discord of our culture right now just feels like an enemy to our minds. Maybe literally we have people fighting against us. Um, maybe we're feeling like our own thoughts are our enemies. Maybe, um, maybe we're feeling like thoughts are coming to us that feel like enemies but aren't. Maybe they don't originate from us. Maybe, maybe the enemy of our soul is, is feeding us lies. Maybe it's just that sense of despair that feels like an enemy or discouragement. I mean, enemies can have all kinds of look to them. And I don't know what enemy you're facing, but I just, I just want you to know that God sets a feast for you in the presence of your enemies. Good morning. My name is Rachel. Um, I want to just start out by saying thank you to God, and I'm going to say I'm going to tell you why. Um, it has been such an honor to pray for every one of you. Um, I and some members of our church started about a week and a half ago, just listening and praying about what this would mean, and um, I caught the honor and privilege of walking through and praying for everybody in front of your doors, and um, I want to just in front of you thank. God for that, because it's been a it's been an honor for me. Um, I just want to follow up with some of the things that Valanda said. Um, this is an abundance that God wants to provide for us. And when I walked through your doors, I invited every one of you to the banquet, that we would eat, and that we would drink, and that we would be filled. And I know that God has this time set apart for us just to do that, just to take care of us, just to see that we have a good night's sleep, just to tuck us in. And I never spent very much time in the book of Song of Solomon. Um, this always looks much better at my house church, just so you know. Um, but as we were listening and navigating, there is a passage in Song of Solomon, it's in um, chapter 2, verse 4, he escorts me to the banquet hall. It's obvious how much he loves me. <laughs> it's obvious how much he loves me. And that's what we prayed over you, and that's what we feel like God wants to give you. So much abundance, so you know how much he loves you. Obviously, those are my words. <laughs> and that's what I feel. I feel this wanting to gift, wanting to take care, wanting to provide respite. So as we go into the next song, there's a verse, which I have on my phone, which I'll have to unlock the code. In my next life, I'm going to know how to do this stuff. Oh, wait, no, I have a good friend back there that knows how to do it for me. <laughs> Why would I learn? Um, so we're going to sing the song, Holy Spirit, and there is a verse in that. Um, is it a verse or is it a lyric? It's either way. <laughs> I'm kind of a word person, so I think it's a lyric. Um, I've tasted and seen of the sweetness of loves, where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone. Shame is the way we feel about ourselves when we feel like we're not doing good, or we're inadequate, or we're unworthy. 
when God fills us, he's also going to empty us of shame. And there's no sweeter thing in the world to the enemy but our shame. So I ask as God fills you, and as you receive the abundance of the banquet which he has invited, every one of you too, I know, because we did it together. I ask that you empty of shame and you let yourself be free and you taste of the sweetness of love of the God who sees you, obviously. Yeah. So I would invite you as we move into this song, Holy Spirit, to just consider what posture you could best receive from the Lord, if that's stand, if that's stay sitting, um, kneel, whatever. Assume a posture that puts you in a position to be able to receive from him of the sweetest of loves, the sweetest things he has set at the table for you. I don't know what those things are that he has set for you, but he's prepared a feast just for you in the presence of your enemies. And so all you get to do is just, you get to come to the table, hold out your hands, be ready to receive, and he'll, he'll give you the sweet things that he has for you, the sweet things that will strengthen your soul. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. Nothing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone your presence Lord Holy Spirit you are back to verse 1 and 2 again. It's an opportunity you can sing, you can just sit and listen and let these words wash over you. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. Nothing can compare. You're our living hope. Your prayer and seen of the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free and my shame is Your prayer. 
nor aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become He's good. Last night I asked the question, uh, how many of you have kids zero to five? And we commiserated with you and invited you to nap all weekend if you needed to. And this morning I'd like to ask the question, uh, how many of you have school-aged children these days? I'm of your ranks, school-aged children, okay? How many of you have... um, had your heart broken by something your kids have lost in the last nine months? <laughs> Jennifer Cote's son won the first round of the basketball playoffs and got uh, canceled two days before the championship game. I don't know what yours was. My son is in an acapella group that was competing for a regional championship with a chance to go to New York. All these what ifs, all these might have beens. And how many of you, you don't have to raise your hands on this one if you don't want to, but how many of you felt guilty about how sad you were when so many others had lost so much more? (laughs) What would it be like to sit in this extravagant abundance of the presence with God and let him minister to whatever we feel? no matter how small we think it is. What would it be like to sit at the abundance of the banqueting table without comparing what's in front of the sister next to us and not comparing which things we want to grab? Oh man, I'm drawn to the donuts and the ice cream and the chocolate and she's eating the carrots and the celery and the broccoli. I must be bad. What would it be like to allow ourselves to grieve our losses at the extent at which we feel them without comparing ourselves to anybody else and how well they're doing with it and that it wasn't a big deal to... I I don't know what your comparison is. I don't know when you sit down to that banqueting table what you're watching out of the corner of your eyes to see what other people are doing. But what if you could have permission for just this weekend to sit at the banqueting table with Jesus and not give... Sorry, the only words coming to my mind don't work. (laughs) And not care what anybody else thinks. But it's just you and Jesus. It's just Jennifer and Jesus. It's just Anna and Jesus. It's just Julie and Jesus. And you just get to be at the banqueting table and receive of the abundance that he's giving to you. 
Um, by the way, good morning, those of you on Zoom. I understand, not Zoom, you're YouTube right now. Uh, I understand this is a better picture and that you can actually see Volanda today. So super glad that we got things rearranged and that you're with us this morning. Glad that you're here. Also praying that abundant banqueting table over you, even along with those who have doors and hallways here at Cannon Beach. Um, and what we're doing together this weekend is we're um, we're spending space with God as we kind of look at um, the chapter of Second Corinthians chapter four. And I just want to tell you how we got here and how we're going to interact with Scripture this weekend. And then I'm not going to keep you very long. So. As I was praying for retreat um, a few months ago, uh, the passage of scripture came to mind. Um, well, let me back up a little bit. I was being reminded by a mentor in my own life of what it means to embrace our humanity. Like the fact that we have limits and the fact that we have fears and grief and sin and like we're human and like Jesus came because he knew that we couldn't save ourselves. What would it be like to embrace my humanity instead of living as if I still have to save myself? And in thinking that through and thinking of retreat, I was reminded of the scripture that says, for we have this treasure, the treasure of Jesus Christ in our life, in jars of clay, our humanity. And as I looked up that scripture, it's in 2 Corinthians 4. And as I read through the whole chapter, I was like, oh my goodness, there is so much richness here. And so I just decided that as we walked through the weekend, we would actually just walk through the whole chapter of 1 Corinthians chapter 4. So we're, um, I'm going to look now in verse 1. If you have a Bible, you can go there. If you have a Bible app, you can go there. But it's um, 2 Corinthians. Sorry, I, it's 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And I'm reading from the NIV. So if you have a different version, your words might look a little bit different than mine. But it's just because the original was Greek. And everybody translate those words a little different to help it make sense to those of us who speak English. Okay? So uh, it says, therefore... So let's just pause for a second. Um, I remember um, being in a, I actually went to a place called Youth with a Mission and doing some training and um, kind of like Bible school, except not really Bible school, kind of more like being a missionary school, but anyway, just spiritual growth and development. And there was a teacher who was talking about reading the word of God. And he said, anytime you see a therefore in the Bible, you need to know what it's there for. <laughs> It actually means something. It's not just a the or an and or a but. It's like whatever just came before matters to what I'm about to say. So when we see a therefore, we pause and we say, well, what just came before? So let's back up into the end of uh, 2 Corinthians 3 just a little bit uh, because it's actually quite astounding. It says, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we, who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, this ministry of the new covenant, this ministry of the gospel of Jesus, this ministry of living according to the Spirit, therefore, since we have this ministry, we do not lose heart." Why do we not lose heart? We do not lose heart because the Lord is spirit. And when Jesus left this earth, he left the Holy Spirit to be inside of each of us so that we would not be apart from God, but that he would be with us always, even to the ends of the earth, that we have God's presence living in us. We do not lose heart, whatever our circumstances, because the Lord is spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Friends, get this. We don't have to be locked into the world's way of thinking. We don't have to be locked into a particular political party. We don't have to be locked into the way that our friends see our social standing. We don't have to be locked into the way the church is reacting to something. We don't have to be locked into the way um, our past has influenced us or the people we love. I'm not asking for hands here, but I would ask you to think about how much of your shame is based on the fact that you wish you could have done something differently in a relationship in your past. You have lost something precious to you because of the way that you made choices. 
And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You are no longer tethered to that mistake, to that sin. There is forgiveness. There is redemption. That means that God is making right something that was wrong. It doesn't mean it wasn't wrong in the first place. It means that God is making right something that was wrong. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we have unveiled faces. In the Old Testament, when they saw God, they had to have a veil in front of their face because the glory was too great for humanity. And we get to have unveiled faces. We have the spirit of the living God inside us. There is no longer any barrier between us and Jesus, between us and the Father. When Jesus died, the curtain of the Holy of Holies, the place that was meant to protect us from the fierceness of God's glory, tore in half from top to bottom. Because with his death and resurrection, Jesus made a way for you and I to be at that banqueting table in God's abundance. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we We have unveiled faces, and with that, we are reflecting the Lord's glory. Sister, you are a reflection of the Trinity of the living God to a world who so desperately, desperately needs to see a reflection of something glorious. We all, with unveiled faces, reflect the glory of the Lord. Oh, shoot. Tears and old eyes mean you have to put your reading glasses back on. And we're being transformed into his likeness. We are being transformed into the very likeness of the living God. If that is not astounding, And it's not us who is doing that. It is him, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. This is why we do not lose heart. Therefore, we do not lose heart. In your packet today, um, for this session, there is the first chunk of 2 Corinthians 4, just verses 1 through 6. And if you're feeling drawn to really diving deeper into this scripture, I would encourage you to spend some time in that passage of scripture. You can have it in your Bible, your phone. It's also in your packet. There is a... Um, There's a sheet in there that's called Lectio Divina. It's a Latin term, which basically means scripture reading, (laughs) Uh, like prayerfully, slowly reading scripture. And if you love kind of diving deep in scripture and you'd like a new way to look at it, read through those instructions and try doing it with this passage in 2 Corinthians. And it's just kind of a pattern of reading it slowly and inviting Holy Spirit to make his living word alive in you and to show you, to highlight what's a word or a phrase that he wants to teach you about today. And then as you read it through a couple more times to interact with God on what he's telling you and teaching you about that scripture. So one of the ways that I see the time that we're going to spend, this this packet that you have, is that this is a piece of the banqueting table. All of the pages in here, the scriptures, the prayers, um, the, the instructions on things like Lectio Divina, they're just all spread out in front of you on a banqueting table. Some of the other things in front of you on that banqueting table would be a walk on the beach. Um, For some of you, it might be worship in your earbuds. (laughs) Um, I don't know what your um, banqueting table looks like for you, but remember, you get to sit at the table with nobody else judging what you choose and what you don't choose and be present with Jesus and just receive from his abundance, okay? So let me just look really quick because I'm wondering if there's anything else I wanted to set up about what you were going to be looking at today. Oh, I included a psalm psalm in there, if you want to look at a psalm. And then the other thing in this section, so in 2 Corinthians 4, 1 through 6, um, Paul talks quite a bit about light and darkness and how the enemy of our soul has blinded the eyes of unbelievers, but that those of us who have the living spirit are not blinded. And so there's kind of a word study in here from different scripture passages that talk about light and dark and who God is as the God of light and his relationship to the darkness that's in the world. So if you are a scholar and you just love that idea, I actually just went online and I Googled um, light and dark and then just printed up a whole bunch of verses for you that are just about the God's relationship with light and dark. There's Psalm 42, and then you'll see that it comes to 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 12. 
it is really okay with me if you go ahead in the book. But just so that you know, in my mind, with the structure I was thinking of, we would look at this next ch chunk of 2 Corinthians just after lunch. So that's kind of what it was looking at. So before I, um, before we wrap up, we're going to wrap up with one more song. I just want to give a little bit of instruction and some tips on spending time with God in solitude. Some of us come to a weekend like this and we're like, I never get time alone. I never get space like this. Therefore, I have to do this right because it might be my only chance. And we actually can spend our solitude in anxiety concerned about spending our solitude right. <laughs> I got to make the right choice with this hour because it's such a precious hour. And what if I'm supposed to be looking at the booklet, but I want to go take a walk on the beach? Or what if I take a walk on the beach, but I missed something and it... just be. There's no right or wrong way to do the next hour. There's no right or wrong way. Like, what would happen if you could just recognize that you are present at the banqueting table with Jesus, and whatever you do in the next hour, hour and a half, you just get to do with Jesus. And there is no right or wrong because you're just with him. You're friends and you're hanging out. And you guys can choose whatever you want to do. Also, some of us talk about hearing from God as if we actually have an audible voice in our ear. And some of you are like, well, yeah, that's just normal. I could, I, I, I recognize the still small voice of God and I know his voice in my head and I, and I can, and I can say, yeah, I think that God told me this or God told me that. And others of you are like, how can you say God told me? Like there's a written word and then like, like how can you, and, and it just that the idea of God speaking something so clearly that you would be able to quote it back to somebody else about what he was talking to you about you is just kind of a foreign idea. Can I just set you at ease? God speaks to all of his children differently, but he does speak. John says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. God is word. Part of his nature and character is that he speaks. He told us he would give us his Holy Spirit to remind us of what he had taught and to comfort us and to counsel us, and that's through communicating with us in ways that we can understand. So whether that's words through your brain and understanding, whether that's a simple sense of knowing in your, your spiritual gut, or whether that's the sight of the ocean and the texture of the sand under your feet, giving you a feeling of being loved because God's given you such a precious gift today. There are a variety of ways that God makes himself known to his children. And just like you don't have to compare what somebody else's banqueting table looks like, you don't have to compare yourself to how somebody else expresses what it means to spend time with God and sense that you've actually received or heard from him. Does that make sense? So there's no wrong way to do this. There's no pressure. And we're praying that you just have a sweet time with the Lord. Um, any other thoughts from some of my team or small group leaders about just tips that you've learned on spending time in solitude and silence? Okay. It is 9.43. And what's going to happen now is, is Volanda is going to lead us in one more worship song. And then when we're done with that, you are free to leave. And I am going to make a request today that I do ask that you honor. And that is that we would leave this room quietly. That as we, as we head out of here, there's not a lot of chit chat. If you need to touch base with your roommate or your friend and say, hey, I'm going here, I'm going here. Can you do that once you get out of the building and out and just kind of, but I would, I would love to invite you to lean into some time in solitude with God right now. And that is so easy to not happen if you just get caught up in a conversation on your way out. So would ask you to leave this room quietly. You've got about an hour and 15 minutes for solitude. And I'm going to ask you to be back where your small groups meet at 1130. Lunch is at 1230. So that'll give you guys an hour to talk through and process what your time with God was like. And if you're doing this virtually, what that looks like is you now also have that hour and 15 minutes of time with the materials that you were given. And Trinity, I do know that you might not have those yet. We are going to try to get those emailed to you as soon as we can here. But if not, just go to your Bible and look up 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and start reading through there. And then you guys have a Zoom link at 1130 also. So you can follow your Zoom link for your discussion group at 11. 30. I want to say a prayer for us and then I'll hand it to you. Father, thank you for the abundance of your presence. Thank you for the generosity of your spirit. I ask and just pray blessing over these women. You said that 
We have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so I pray the blessing of your power at work in lives. I pray the blessing of your love being communicated in obvious ways. And I pray the blessing of a sound mind, clear thinking, clear processing. In your name, Lord, amen. And I'm pulling a switcheroo on you, Jennifer. We're not going to sing another song. We are instead going to leave with a blessing, the blessing that, that Jennifer just prayed over you, as well as the blessing as you come to the banquet table. May you sense your God escorting you. May you sense Jesus escorting you to the table in the presence of your enemies with all the things that surround you. Let his eyes show you how to come to the table. He'll guide you to the table. He'll sit down beside you. He'll feed you the sweet things that you need, the strengthening things that you need. And when you look in his face, you'll see how very obviously he loves you. You are dismissed, but I made a Zoom error. So virtual ladies, your schedule says 11 for your small group. That was because I thought you guys might want lunch earlier than us. So your Zoom meeting starts at 11. And Sue, if you're still watching and it gets bobbled, um, have somebody send a text to the whole group that the Zoom is starting. Okay.